can change happen? It's a question to be answered this morning. Dealing with how to build a better community. We need to realize that there's some things that need to change. So my question to you, I have a couple of questions. One of them is, what motivates you to change or do something? Sometimes it is due to a crisis or due to emergency, but sometimes we look at things we know we should have corrected, we should have changed, but it's too late. We should not wait till it's too late. We should not wait for someone else to come by and make a change, but we should look and see and look inside ourselves and see what it is that I can do to make a change. Change does not just happen by accident, but it happens by design. It happens when someone decides that there's a need to be changed. Think about as it is Black History Month, and in 1965, the Voting Act was passed because of some people decided that there needed to be a change. Y'all might be familiar that in Alabama that there was some people that wanted to go and vote, but yet they were beaten. And, and so therefore they gathered up a lot of people that they would march across the bridge. And, and guess who was waiting there on the other side of the bridge? Police officers to beat them down and hose them down, to beat them back from where they came from. These people, they, they were beaten down, they were humiliated, and so they did not give up then, and so they caused some more folks. And, and one of the people they called was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That he came down there to Alabama, and, and he too went there. And you see the thing, that, that before he came, it was on TV to see this brutality that was done onto these people. So people were looking at the TV, looking at the news, and realized a change needs to happen. A change needs to come. And now these same people gathered together, knowing that they got beat up before, knowing they were dragged before, and in the meantime, there was three marches, and in between the first and the second march, people were murdered. People were killed just over the right to vote just over the right to vote. But yet there was a visionary leader amongst them, and Dr. Martin Luther King, who had a dream about how he could see his children, his daughters, sitting with others, of, not judged by the, by the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. He had a dream that, that we would be able to sit at the brotherhood of humanity with one another. So he came down with this vision. Those people gathered around him. And guess what? It hit up to the president that he signed the Voters Act. And he made sure that they could, walk, they could march across that bridge and vote. And you see, change did happen. Because after that change, guess what? People just voted. Blacks came out in numbers to vote just to get those people that were in office, guess what? Out of office. Just because the change had happened. They didn't care who got in, but they wanted to say they knew who was in it to get out. You see, change can't happen when people come together in unity. They weren't arguing who would be the leader, who would be the follower. They all were getting beat up together. They all were getting hosed together. But guess what? They all were in the cause together. Ch can change happen? Yes, change can happen. But yet, are you a part of the change or are you a part of the problem? 
Let's look into the word of God. We're going to look into Nehemiah. Into the second chapter, verses 17 and 18. going to focus on these verses. But Nehemiah was a visionary leader. He realized that there was some change that needed to be done for the children of Israel. The city of Jerusalem was in shambles. It was destroyed. It was a laughing stock. In the standpoint, you may be looking outside your window, looking outside of your city and looking in Peoria and maybe seeing that Peoria is in desperate need of change, that, that there's a lot of murder rates going on. And when you look at the count of the population and the count of the murder rate, our rate is, is, is really high. Crime is, is horrible here in this not big city, but we have big city numbers. In the same way, Nehemiah was thinking about how his city, he was, in, he was in deep remorse and he was sad to hear of the news of the city. So before we get into the second chapter, verses 17 and 18, a little background, Nehemiah was in captivity and he was serving the king at Trexes and he was a cup bearer and, and he heard of the news and he was in prayer for over three months and fasting concerning about his people. And so the king allowed him to go, and this is the summary of his report to his people. Verse 17 in the second chapter of Nehemiah, it says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Tell somebody, let us build. Let us build. You see, Nehemiah cast the vision about how, yes, you look around you, you see the city is in shambles, is being destroyed. You might feel the same about your life. You might be looking around your life and you might not be happy with your life. You're looking around how things are not the way you would like them to be. The walls are coming down. People are talking negative about you. You're feeling bad about yourself. You feel like a reproach. You feel like nobody wants to come near you. But yet, Nehemiah did not look within himself. He looked outside of himself. Because why? When you look outside yourself, you're looking not at yourself, but you're looking at God. You can think of your problem. You can think of your life. But then think, how great is God? How big is God? Nothing is too hard for God. So Nehemiah realized that, yes, we are in trouble. But yet it said that he, talked, he told them about his God. He said, verse 18, then I told them of the hand of my God. You see here, Nehemiah did not just assume that they were all in accordance with him. He said, look here, I know what my God has revealed to me. I'm going to say this. God desires to have a personal relationship with you. With you. So, so he wants to have a relationship with you, not a relationship through somebody else, not vicariously through your brother, through your sister, through your mom, through your dad. But God wants to speak directly to you. 
And when he's speaking directly to you, you can clearly see what God has for your life. And casting the vision, Nehemiah realized that God can rebuild this city. God, guess what? God can rebuild your life. God can rebuild this community. God can rebuild the school district, the school board. God can rebuild the city council. Why? Because nothing's too hard for God. You see, when we limit ourselves, we're, we're not limiting ourselves. We're just limiting what God can do in our life. The vision we have here for Zion is to build a better community. And in this, Nehemiah had a vision to build the walls of Jerusalem. Now, in here, that Nehemiah said, I can do this by myself. He was addressing the people, saying, together we can what? Do this. Together we can build a better community. Together we can change people's lives. We can be like down there in Birmingham, Alabama. Together we can march the streets for change. You think, why should we march? Well, why did they march? They want to see change happen. We sometimes think that we can't make a difference, but yet 600 people, 600 people in a city, a small town, made a president take notice. The president, you you understand what I'm saying here? I, I, I do believe George Bush did come by Peoria. The president does know where Peoria is on the map. I know people make jokes about I can't find Peoria, but yet the president of the United States felt fit to put Peoria on his busy schedule. I want you to understand that we can make some noise here. We can tell people I'm tired of what's going on in this city and I'm not just going to stand idly by. I'm tired of Satan trying to have time in my life. But I thank the Lord that I can be strong in the power of his might. Not what I can do by myself, but thank you, Jesus. What I can do with you. What's the vision in your life? You have a vision maybe of an ideal marriage. Your ideal job. Your ideal career. And when you have these visions, when you have these ideas, you think about how you want to achieve them. And when you have that vision, when you know where you want to go, you want to stay what? On that path. And sometimes these visions you may have, you realize, can you make it there on yourself, by yourself? No. But you can with God. See, change can happen, but it cannot happen with just us. We need God's involvement. Tell somebody, I need God's involvement. See, Nehemiah let them know that my God, he he didn't say, this is what came from me. But no, my God, and not even that, I also got uh, earthly authority from my king. You see here, Nehemiah realized that this is greater than me. I want you to understand that your marriage is greater than you. Your career is greater than you. Your household is greater than you. Why? Because it's not about you, but it's what God can do through you that can make the difference. I wish I had some help this morning. I'm going to talk to the lights for a moment. Because I know lights, amen lights, that I realize that in my, when I try to live my life, I just mess it all up. When I try to do what thus say is Sam, I'm going in the wrong direction. But yet, when God is giving me the proper direction, and I stop listening to Sam, and I start listening to God, I know which way I should go. Oh, amen, amen, y'all with me, all right. You see here, I realize that the vision that God has for my life did not come from me. 
You cast that. It is what I desire, but yet God wants what's right for me. Now watch this. When you keep your, your desire after the Lord, everything lines up. Everything lines up. Same, similar to the game of the Rubik's Cube. You, you, if you just try to line up one side, it won't work out. You got to try to line them all up together. And there's a, there's a systematic way of doing it. It's not just the way you want to do it. There's the right way to do it. God has the right way for you to put that puzzle of your life together. That everything matches up. Not one side red and the other side's all messed up, but everything is right. I used to take the pieces off and put them together. That's how I put it together. But it didn't work right after you did that. It would fall apart again. You see, when I try to go do shortcuts, my life is just falling apart. But yet when I give it to the Lord, I'm building my life up. I need God's involvement. It's something bigger than us. Building this community is just not a vision that's coming from Zion, but this is a vision from the Lord. That, that we can make a difference, a place, no matter what skin color you are, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your religion background, you can come within this body of believers and feel comfortable, feel welcome, feel better about yourself than you did before. Why? Because we realize it's not about you, but it's all about Jesus. So I'm not treating you because I'm trying to get something from you. I just want to show you the love of Christ. See, change can't happen when I allow God to change my view. No longer am I focusing on the inside, hallelujah, but I'm focusing on the outside. See, I need to change my vision. I need to realize that my life is not what I can gain out of it, but Lord, what I can give back to you. But yet, when we do this, we, we are scared of, we're scared of failure. And I, and I read this quote by, uh, by Tiger. I can't remember the first name, but the last name is Tiger. It says this, that success is failure turned inside out. And I like that. Because oftentimes, how many times you know you take your clothes off and you got them inside out, but how easy you can turn them right back in, but yet you got to take the initiative. You got to take the time to go forth and fix it and go right. Yes, failure is going to come. Yes, you may fall down on your face. Yes, you may get bruises, but guess what? You need to get on back up. And keep on pushing. Because you realize, you didn't make it this far by yourself. And guess what? You ain't go, you're not going to finish by yourself. But with God, he will help you get across that finish line. The voting act was not passed by just two people. Or one people. No, it wasn't easy. People lost their lives. People were threatened. People were beaten down and had to drive two hours to another hospital in order to get service. And guess what? They died two days later. You've seen here that it took blood to be shed in order for us to be able to vote. It took blood to be shed in order for you to walk into the restaurant you want. It took blood to be shed in order for your children to have an opportunity to go to any school that they want. And guess what? It took blood to be shed in order for you to step your foot into the kingdom of heaven. You see, it did not come easy, but change did come. You see, we need God's involvement in our lives. 
We want that perfect marriage, that perfect career, that perfect relationship. We want the perfect child. But guess what? We need a perfect God. Not what the radio says and, and Oprah says, but no, what the word of God says. True indeed. These people have wisdom. These people have knowledge and information, but yet they don't have godly wisdom. I believe the word of God said the wisdom of this world is foolishness compared to God. So I don't want to be fool. But I want to be wise. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding comes from the Lord. If there's some men in the house, we're talking about wisdom on Thursday night, a Bible study. Amen. Back to the message. Now, Nehemiah was in some prayer before he came forth. To decide of this mission, this vision. I want you to understand that God wants you in prayer about your relationship, about your community, about your children, about your job, about your finances, even about your health. These things don't just happen by accident. But yet when you come consistently to God, that means you're seeking his direction. Lord, show me where I should go. Lord, should I say yes? Should I say no? Lord, should I turn left? Should I turn right? Father, should I go out this evening or should I stay here? And I guarantee as you talk to your daddy, your daddy will not tell you the wrong answer. But if you are like me, you tell yourself the right answer. Or you hear what you want to hear. We know, unfortunately, our family take advantage of Jonathan, but we all have this problem that our conversations go like this. Blah, 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 PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. All right, PlayStation, I'm going to go play the video game. We hear what we want to hear. Now, you cannot play the PlayStation, go to your room. But I heard play, blah, blah, PlayStation, all right, I'm going to go play. You see, God is telling us clearly what we should do, but yet we hear those buzzwords and we jump on. The Bible says, do not get drunk, but be filled. Blah, 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 drunk. Huh? The Bible talks about getting drunk. The Bible says that, 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 that flee sexual immorality, right? But we, we miss the flee, but we see sexual. Oh, wait. The Bible talks about sex. We get caught up. Our minds go in the wrong direction because when we're not focused on God, we're not focusing on what his word says. We're not focused on what he wants us to do. We're focused on what we want to do. Nehemiah realized that, Lord, these people, these people, your people, I I want them to to catch the vision. I want them not to be, no longer be a reproach and catch this. This is God's chosen people. And guess what? God did not want them to be a reproach either. But yet they were in this situation for a long time. But yet it took one man with this vision to go to God in prayer and share with them that this is bigger than me. This is bigger than you. But yet what we can't do, God will do the rest for us. You see, Nehemiah was a poor man. He he was a, a servant to the king, but yet God, our God, hallelujah, gave him resources to build up the wall. Gave him all the supplies that he needed, not only to build Nehemiah's house, but also to build up the wall of Jerusalem so he had a place to stay. You see here, I want to share this with you. When God gives you a vision and he gives you a God-sized vision, that means it's outside of you. It's all about him. He will give you all the resources. 
You need to get it done. You want that perfect marriage. You want that perfect job, that perfect parent, and being to have that perfect child. Guess what? God is giving you all that you need to get it done. You don't want to see crime in your neighborhood. Guess what? You can make a difference in your neighborhood. How, how is it that back in the day you could sleep on your porch, but you can't now? I, I believe the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So, so what's happening now happened before. Guess what? So if he can change it then, we can change it now. Stop waiting on the police, man. You be the police. Stop waiting on the teacher to call home once you go to the school. You see, we get caught up telling everybody else to do their job, but we're not doing ours. But yet the people caught on to Nehemiah and in verse uh, 17 it says, And let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. It said, let us build up the wall. Uh, I, I believe they were speaking in unison. You know, it, it, to me, it, it always troubles me when I see that in the Bible. How they said they all replied. How they all said... We will follow the Lord or we will obey. And it, and it gets to me. Why? Because I'm so used to confusion. I'm so used to everybody stating their opinion that they never want to fully agree. But yet when God is involved, how can you go against him? When God clearly gives you the vision, how can you say, no, Lord, that's not the right way? But yet when they saw clearly that God had the vision, that God was going to orchestrate it, put it together, they said, let us go and do the work. You see, it's up to you to go and do the work. Let us start building a better community. Let us start building a better community. I don't think y'all with me here. Let us start building a better community. Y'all ain't cast on yet. Let us start building a better community. Somebody with me. Let us start building a better community. Come on, let me get on church. Let us start building a better community. See what unity sounds like? It gets contagious. It gets excited. Realizing, well, I'm not in this by myself, but we're in this together. You see, I, I can't make change by myself, but yet with your help, we can go to this neighborhood. We can go to this school. We can go to this person's sick bed and make them feel better. You see here, that is outside of us. The vision is bigger than us. It is all about God. You see what we can do together. Look, look what they did in the sixth chapter. If we want to fast forward, 52 days later. Sixth chapter, verse 15. 52 days later. Y'all catch that? Not 52 weeks. And, and so the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elu, in 50 and 2 days. And it came to pass when all our enemies heard thereof. And all the heathen that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Hallelujah. Y'all should be excited right there. You see here, in 52 days, in record time, they rebuilt the city 
around them. They rebuilt the walls and set the gates straight in 52 days. You see, there's nothing too hard for God. You go, Lord, I, I want to see my marriage improve. I want to see my children do better in school. I want to find that job so I'm not going to be living from check to check. Lord, I, I want to find peace in my life. Guess what? In record time, God can move right on in. But it didn't happen with them being stubborn. It didn't happen with them being rebellious. But it happened when they fully submitted to God. See, we need to submit to the Lord. And God will have his way. He will show you how to get it done. Now, 52 days, y'all, 52 days. Within that 52 time frame, Nehemiah's life was threatened. He had people trying to get him down from off the wall, but yet his reply was this. I am doing a good work. Are you doing a good work? Are you putting your best foot forward in what God has given you right now? Because people will try to distract you. I, I know you want to have a good marriage, but look at Miss Thing or Mr. Thing to the left, to the right. But yeah, you're going to say, Noah, I am doing a good work. You're saying that that maybe you're single and you you like, I want to wait till I get married, but yet yeah, I can get this or her on the side. But no, you got to say, no, I am doing a good work. You see, when you realize that God has a perfect vision for your life, and you realize that it's a good thing, because I believe in Proverbs it says that a man finds him, a wife finds, finds a good thing, and favor from the Lord. If you're looking for a good thing, you need to keep your vision on the Lord, and guess what? He will keep you on that good path. Because people will come to the left and to the right trying to chop you down, trying to knock you down. And maybe even people you think that should be for you, they will be against you. As it was in Birmingham, Alabama, the police are supposed to protect and provide peace, but yet they were beating them down. You may run into people you think they're going to be there to protect you, but they're trying to beat you down. But guess what? Don't give up because you're doing a good work. The community may talk bad about you because you're doing a job for free. But you say, it's not about the money. I'm doing a good work. The committee may talk about you because you say, I no longer do this anymore. I know I used to do it. Even yesterday I did it. But today I'm doing a good work. You may have to say no to a friend, no to a relationship, no to this, because you know you're doing a good work. But yet you realize this, that in 52 days, Nehemiah was threatened. Guess what? You're going to be threatened for the rest of your life. Satan is trying to stop you. From doing a good work. He's trying to cloud your vision. He's trying to cloud you up. Trying to think that you're not building up. You're destroying. Why are you doing this? It can't be done. But, but look what happened. When, when it was done. Who got the credit? Look at verse 16. And it came to pass that when all the enemies heard thereof. And all the heathen that were about us saw these things. They were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. These same people were casting down Nehemiah, telling about how he won't be successful, how he won't, he won't be able to uh, succeed. But yet when they saw his success, they saw how small they were. Your enemies, when they try to talk bad about you and then they see you succeed, they feel all those words they put on you are falling right back on them. 
They, they went from feeling this good and this big about themselves to feeling lower than low. Because they realized that I tried to stop you, but yet it was God that brought them through. Because why? They realized this person didn't do it by themselves, but yet it was God with them that took them that mighty long way. You see, with God, all things are possible. With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can't change happen. Yes, it can. Let us build a better community together. We can do this together. We don't have to go on it by our own. We don't have to do it by ourselves, but we can get some friends. We can get some people that live across the street. They don't have to be a member of this body of believers. They just need to be members of the body of Christ so we be on one accord. We get, we get caught up. You know, they don't have to have a tan like I have a tan. They can be different. We get caught up. We want people to look like us. But guess what? Everybody looks like us. Because we were made in God's image. So everybody was made to look like God, not to look like you. We get so caught up how good we think we look. I think I look good this morning. But it doesn't matter what I think. Because it doesn't matter about me. It's about God. And so when I put myself last and I put God first, changes happen in people's lives. Because it's no longer about me to get the credit, but as long as Jesus get the credit. No longer is about me about getting what I want to get done, but Lord, what do you want to get done in my life? I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. My life, my school, my education, my relationships, my children, I give it to you, Lord. Because without you, I cannot make it. I I can't make ends meet on my own. I've been trying all my life. It just doesn't work out. But Lord, when I trust you, when I give what I have to you, Father, you make it work. So think about what's in your life individually right now, individually that you want to see change happen in your life. You know, if you have a perfect life, well, then I want you to write a book, and we're going to publish it. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to be rich. But yet, if you like me, you have some, some, some issues in your life. That you want to see see to be changed. And you know you can't change it on your own. But yet with God, you can change. You can improve. There might have been some things that were torn down in your life. That was that the, your gates were set on fire. And you, look, you just looked horrible on the inside. You know, people can't see it. But you know that in the inside, you just feel all messed up. But yet with God, he can make you clean. From the inside out. And the children sing about it. They say that they came and dance. See, God can go in from the inside out. He can give you that total makeover. That you'll be able to rejoice. And realize that change. As the song by Sam Cooper, change is going to come. So if you're not ready for this change now, I feel sorry for when the change comes later. Because he's going to come back again. And when he comes back again, it, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it says that those that are in him will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And, and those, I, 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 really, I really don't know what's going to happen to those who don't know, but I do know the, the, how you're going to be changed. But I know you're going to feel pain and suffering for the rest of your life. 
So you need to choose right now. Are you going to live for Jesus? Or are you going to live for Satan? One loves you enough to die for you. One hates you enough to kill you. Who are you for? Because he can change you to be that better person you want to be. He can change those relationships. He can change those finances. Because why? He will renew your mind. He'll renew your spirit. He'll help you to make those better decisions than you ever made before. Because you realize that God is guiding you. God is directing you. Every head bowed, every eye is closed. Right now, there's someone here who does not know Jesus. And is concerned about their life. Concerned about what direction they are going. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the dead, you shall be saved. So if that is you, that today you want to confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, we want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. You wouldn't say unless you mean it. God knows you mean it. And he's ready to listen to you right now, right here today. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again on the third day. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And Lord, I invite you to be my personal Lord and Savior.